Yes, people, it's episode 285 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? I said 285 with real enunciation because I got the episode number wrong last time. I know, what are you going to do? You're going gonna to call my podcast bosses? I don't have any. <laughs> I do what I want. Like, if I want to get an episode number wrong, I'll do it. I did it on purpose. Never going to admit I got it wrong accidentally. Shut it. And how's your week been, people? You've been melting in the sun. Hey, how has your week been? Uh, I gigged on uh, Wednesday down in Croydon, Box Park, Laugh in the Box, with Rory Styler. Um, and then on Friday, I was at Angel Comedy Club. Yeah, Angel. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, Tuesday, I was working out some new material. Um, it's funny, because you spend 20 minutes doing material. You'll do about 10 of new. That's really shit. And then you'll do five of new. No, sorry, that's a lie. You do like four of new. That's okay. And then one minute of new, which is just a banger. And then five minutes of your old stuff just to let the crowd know you're not shit at comedy. <laughs> and that's what you do. And whereas Friday, um, I took that one minute of good from the new and put it into some established material. Uh, so I did about six minutes of actual material. One minute of new that's good and then three minutes just chatting nonsense about bloody conservatives. So I, it's just odd. Um, but yeah, what's, what's been going on? Um, what's been going on? Got Mo Farah, I guess that's... That's the thing I watched. Everyone watched that documentary on Mo Farah's real name, Hussein something, something. But it's not Mo Farah, though. It's hilarious because how a lot of people have processed this is what's made me laugh. A lot of people have gone, well, he's lied about where he's from. He's been in this country. He's an illegal immigrant. We're not sending him back. And I'm like, um, maybe because he's a victim. Of, you know, of child trafficking. <laughs> eh? Imagine being trafficked as a child and then being like, Oi! 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 Illegal. Is that, no, I'm, I'm, I haven't done it illegal. I'm, I'm the victim here. So, no. It's like a police pulling over, you know, a car that's got a hostage in the boot. They open the boot and be like, well, seems like you're not wearing a seatbelt. He's like, you what? See what? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've that's what I've uh, concluded from this. You're in here not wearing a seatbelt. So you're nicked. It's like, no. And that's that shouldn't be the assessment. But alas, here we are. But yeah, he's um, but he came clean. Um, I say a revelation rather than a confession. Um, but Jesus, how mad must that have been? Because you're not just someone having your run-of-the-mill life. You know what I mean? You're not Steve who works in Asda. You're, you're flipping Sir Mo Farah, uh, the greatest British um, track Olympian. Four gold medals. Don't think there's any, been any Brit who's got more gold medals on the track. Four. 
Um, so you're really in the public eye. When they were showing the videos of him having to do interviews, where yeah, he's having to tell his life story and stuff. So, so you came from Somalia when you was nine. He's like, yeah, I was really happy just to like, meet my dad, see my dad again. My man's dad died when he was four in the Somalian civil war. And he's got to be telling stories and smiling about how happy he was to meet his dad when he came over here. Do you know how mad that is? My dad died when I was younger. Imagine me just telling stories about my dad like, like he's alive now. How crazy that is. Flipping mental. It's his wife. That, like his wife didn't even know. Well, she knew before us, but it's like in I think 20, 2009 she found out. Because she said that his story just wasn't making sense. You know them ones? So, where did you say you was born? It's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Enfield. It's like, Enfield, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Where did you go to school? This uh, Enfield High School. That's not school. Oh, wow. Oh, um, used to be. It's not there anymore. Oh, okay. What's it called now? What's there now? Um, Tesco. Oh, there's no Tesco at Enfield. <laughs> Each time you tell the story, there's a new detail. It's just like, that's not true. It's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I've got a headache. Ah. That's mad. Especially if it's someone like you trust and love. When they tell you that they've lied to you about something, it's got to be a bit of a process, right? Because it can't be a simple thing of, oh, I love you and I hear your story. It's got to be, you lied to me. But I guess the upside is, I I lied to everyone. (laughs) I mean, it's not just you. Don't make it about you, right? I lied to everyone, not just you. But I mean, I don't know what else is going on in this world. What else has been going on in this world? Um, I mean, I've got something I do want to talk about, but I can't talk about it. I shouldn't talk about it. Let's talk around it. There you go. Let's talk around it. Here it is. So, um, I know the guys on the ESN always shout them out. I know they, um, they've, they've spoken about working from home before. And the, the you know the differences and stuff. One thing I've realised in my uh, my day job, my professional career, is that the working from home culture is either in a company's DNA or it's not. And with the lockdown and the pandemic, those who work from home anyway, the company just went, well, it's whatever. I guess we're just going to see you lot in the office less when we have meetings. But those who it's in the DNA to to be in the office on site all the time. They have just been itching to get back to that. And it's killing them, the people working from home. Because they haven't even got an explanation of why they want people in the office. But they need them in. Why don't these be in? I just need you in. Now, imagine working somewhere where they want you in the office. Because, just because... And then the very people who want you in the office aren't in the office themselves. The people that want you in the office want you to work with certain people in the office, but those people aren't in the office the day you go in. So there's this kind of increased tension about working from home. Because whereas one one group of people want you to be in the office for X reason... When you're in the office, that X reason never fulfilled. So then you work from home. 
And then what happens is you work from home uh, and it becomes, it hits, it comes to a, a, a what's it? What's the word? You, you butt heads, it comes to a, uh, a, not a breaking point, right? Comes to a breaking point because you say you're going to work from home for the rest of the week for, for your reason. Now, the reason is agreed that actually that's not a reason to work from home. Let's just put it like that. It's a reason you can't work from home. So so the employer says, take it as annual leave. The day you announce, so it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So on Wednesday, you say, I can't come in for X reason. They say, we understand that for today. That's an emergency. That's not annual leave. Fine. But tomorrow and Friday, you have to take this annual leave. Yeah. Something happens on the Thursday. Which means... Well, what happened on Thursday is we had the burst water pipe. Burst water pipe at the house. Not in the street in the area. Which meant, for whatever reason, it means I'm now... Actually, I've got, I've got to fill it. I've got to fill in the gaps. It's just talking around it too much. The reason, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is childcare. Yeah? Whoever's going to be looking after a child wasn't able to look after a child Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I said, I've got a, not me, someone else. <laughs> that person said, they've got to work from home those days. And then they said, well, you can't be working because your kid's too little. You've got to look after your kid. Fair enough. You can't focus 100% on your job. That is what's in the contract. However, no one's complained about, uh, about this person falling behind on their work. They get all their work done. Um... They work. They started earlier. They work later. That's what they tend to do. Anyway, so all their work was getting done. Everything was going out. Cool, right? So Thursday happens. That's been taken as annual leave, as agreed. But then, hey, burst water main means that this anonymous person's partner doesn't go to work. Therefore, they're at home to look after the child. Therefore, hey. I can work. Not take this as annual leave. Then they say, yeah, well, if you can come in, then yeah, don't take it as annual leave. You're like, oh, don't we mean come in? There's like, well, yeah, if you, you come in, then it's not, you don't need to work from home then, do you? You should just come in. And he's like, well, I've got a burst water pipe, so I... I don't have the ability to wash and they're like yeah just get some bottle of water and have a little have a little sink wash come in it's like but it's really hot so no let's come in uh, it's like, they're like no, look if you don't want to come in for your personal for, for hygiene reasons that's your personal choice if you want to take it as annual leave. So essentially, this person had to take annual leave because their employer wanted them to come in uh, without showering, without washing. Um, they couldn't possibly work from home, even though they would be completely undistracted. There was like, no, either come in or take it as annual leave. 
And, uh, and I mean, I guess personal hygiene is a personal choice, right? Like I said, when the water went off, I went to Tesco. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about me. I don't know what I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> went to Tesco and I heard this sentence. Yeah, water's gone off, but it's all right. Lucky for me, I had a shower the other day. You what? It wasn't even said as a joke. I know it wasn't said as a joke. How do I know? Because I'm a comedian. I know jokes. This wasn't said as a joke. Was not said as a joke. It's alright. I had a shower the other day. And basically, this is what it boils down to. Hygiene. Personal reasons. Personal choice. Personal differences. For me, if I was an employer... And my employee says, look, I've got no water at my house. Yeah? So I'll be working from home today. I would say, that makes sense. Cool. Here's me. My thing about working from home is that I... I'm a conscientious person, yeah? So I go in when I need to go in. And when I'm at home, I work... Yeah, it's not a consistent work stream. Yeah, I watch something on my phone. That I wouldn't be able to do that in the office. But does the work get done all the time? All the time. Does my phone get picked up when you call me? Most of the time. You're called back within two or three minutes if I didn't pick up. Simply because my phone's on silent. So it's just like... It's so dumb. <laughs> it's just like it's just no, it's just odd to me. It's just odd to me that so it's not just this company. So many companies like that, where it's just in their mind, if they can't see you, you're not working. As long as they can see you, you're working. But I know personally, and I've witnessed it. That when some people are in an office environment, they all they spend their time doing is floating between the kitchen and standing next to someone's desk, just talking about work. It's not a meeting. No, they're just talking about, ah, oh, bloody Keith, ah, bloody Helen, ah. That's what they're doing for the day. Chatting away. Then they have a little catch up about the weekend. Because here's one thing. When you work from home, you don't spend... All the way up to 10 o'clock talking about what happened at the weekend. You watch football. Yeah. Nah, probably with Liverpool is blah, blah, blah. Probably with Tottenham is blah, 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 blah. Probably with Arsenal is blah, blah. That doesn't happen when you work from home. So you spend 10, you get to 10 o'clock there. They go, oh, a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. Oh. Then you've got a call or a meeting. 10.30. Cool. Now it's 11 o'clock. Right, I need to really go on to work that I said I was going to get done this morning. It's 11 o'clock now, you've got an hour left to get it out this morning. Then you start working it and then someone senior to you comes and says, Oi, what are you working on? Drop everything. I need to talk to you about this. Cool. And then someone else comes who's like your level below comes like, Oh, sorry, I really need this thing. It's like, yeah, person above me's put this on my desk and that's going to have to wait. And then you work your bollocks off on that thing that person's more seen than you gives you because it needs to go out today and it's got today and it's got today. And you go to try and find them later in the day and they're not in the office anymore. It's like, where are they gone? And you're waiting for them. Like, do I send this? Do I send it? I don't know if I send it. Oh, is it ready? 
And you get, finally get them on the call and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's not going today. Brilliant. This was well worth me coming in the office. I still ain't done that thing I said I need to do today. It's now three o'clock. Whereas if I was working from home, guess what? I would have started working that thing at like half seven. Got it done before nine. And now I can dance around and do the silly bollocks. But it is what it is. And the irony is, is now we're all working from home uh, on Monday because of the heat wave. <laughs> ah, dear. So I'm having to manage my own pettiness to not uh, be super petty. Um, well, part of me is designing a petty bomb to, to blow the place up because that's what I do. Um, because now, because there's no crossover, here's the thing that's most annoying, right? Is when I have been on annual leave, I've literally had my phone and I've taken my laptop with me. I just chipped in little bits of work while on annual leave. That's my time. I've used my time to do bits of work. So when I need to work and maybe I'll be a bit distracted in the day, that's the give and take for me. That's the give and take for me. Because of that, the give and take stops. Hence, since I've been on annual leave, because I've got a dual SIM phone, uh, I just deactivated the SIM. <laughs> That's my work number, just deactivated. It'll be reactivated on Monday. And that's what it'll be from, from now on now, which is silly. Annual leave, just quick question you could have asked. I would have answered it. Now, no. Maybe next time I go on annual leave, I might pop into the office while on annual leave. And then if someone asks me a question, I just won't answer it because I'm on annual leave. <laughs> ah, no, but let's talk about the heat wave. Let's talk about the heat wave. 40 degrees Celsius is what's coming on. That's Dubai heat. Abu Dhabi. That's Sharm El Sheikh. We ain't ready for that here. Now, we can bitch and moan about this country falling apart in extreme weather, but it's a temperate climate. We're meant to have moderate weather that changes. A little bit of rain, a little bit of sun, a little bit of snow. Yeah? We're not meant to have all the sun at once. 40 degrees Celsius. No one has clothes for that in the UK. No one has that. I don't know what the clothes are called that they wear in in UAE. I remember once saying dressed in the full Abu Dhabian. But <laughs> I thought that's the name of the outfit. An Abu Dhabian, but that's not the name of the outfit. Uh, but yeah. You need to be wearing those, man. In that weather. I don't know what I'm going to do on Monday. Literally don't have a clue. Wouldn't be surprised if like internet stuff just fails because all the wires just melt. Forty degrees, Jesus! Forty degrees, man. You can't even go out in that. Know what I mean, yeah, you know, you're a first generation British person. You like to claim your other country. Like I'm Jamaican, people Nigerian, Ugandan. Ghanaian. 
Bayesian, Trinidad, you know what I mean, from these other countries, like the claimant. But I'll tell you, when that 40 degree heat hits you, you're going to be very British. You're going to be like, this is preposterous. Just ludicrous. You'll be more British than you actually are. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, it's going to be mental, this heat. I don't know what the temperature is today, and it's hot. I'm sat in the car with beads of sweat running down the side of my head. I've had two showers today. Really using that water. It's, uh, what's the temperature now? 23 degrees. Not that hot. But it is 9 o'clock though. It is 9pm. 23 degrees. Jeez. Right. How long have we been talking? How long have we been talking? 20 minutes. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. What else have we got going on in the world? Um, I've got a writing project. Comedy. I've got a trial. I can't tell you the show. Well, I could, but I don't want to. I've got a trial for a show. Um, writing for it. So, fingers crossed. What I've worked on so far is good enough. And... If it alright after that's better. But geez, I really want this opportunity. Be good. Be good if I get it. Uh, right, let's see. Let's see what's going on. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Twitter. Um <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Sorry, I asked the guys, the ESA guys, there's a video of match, alleged match fixing in Nigeria. I just love all my Nigerian mates who are just backing it, saying it's not match fixing. They're giving me their reasons. Uh, Stavros said the sun was in each of their eyes. <laughs> if you see this video, it's, um, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. Michael Akadiri said um, he tried to Roberto Carlos cut across the ball distig and it flopped. See, it, they're not having his match fixing. They don't want the propaganda to smear on Nigerians. So, I respect it. I respect it. Right. Um, what domestic abusers are being caught by smart water? I don't know what that means. Could the UK make trains free to use? Uh, the Madri is also uh, trending, which just yeah, Madri is a beer that's come out flipping nowhere, and um, and it's just taken over. After my mate used to work for one of the biggest breweries in the world, and I said, "Where is Madri come from?" He goes, "Mate." No one knows. <laughs> I don't think it's even Spanish, but they just got for it and disappeared, and it's just here it is. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Madri, now I've mentioned Madri, you'll see it. You'll see it now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just everywhere. But anyway, um. What was I saying? Towards the one that caught my eye. Yeah, domestic abusers are being caught by smart water. 
Um, Ex-partners harassing former lovers are sprayed with invisible liquid, allowing police to prosecute them for... For a oh, sorry, for restraining order breaches. How does this work then? Eight forces are using the technology to create safe houses where any abuser who tries to enter is sprayed with the smart water either through hidden devices or by their ex-partner. How does it know they're an abuser? What if I'm just a postman coming to deliver something? Explain. Police are then able to uh, follow up any alleged breaches or restraining order or non-molestation order by shining ultraviolet lights on the abuser to reveal the smart water signature. This provides proof that they had gone into their ex-partner's home. I still don't know how this works. What the hell was that? That's those are fireworks. Better not be a gunshot. Um, the technology is already being credited with reducing domestic abuse incidents by up to 69% in homes where it has been installed either by acting as a deterrent or catching offenders. Um, I don't understand how it actually works though. Someone explain. Someone explain. Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how this works. Don't works. But if it reduces um, domestic abuse, then yeah, good. Very good. Um, and then why are trains be made through? It, it's five things the government should ah it's just someone saying should it's not actually happening because I'd love that if trains were free because I've got to pay bloody four grand a year like a prick like a prick so <laughs> um right I'm becoming delirious in the heat um anything more anything more anything more um, no. Alright, so uh, let's get on to Dear Deirdre then. Let's get on to Dear Deirdre because I'm melting. Um, fuck, man. Um, where is it? Here we go. I have to crack open the door. Let's, let's just open it a little bit. Wait, oh, oh, that is lovely. That that is lovely. You can't feel that on the pod, but that is breeze. Oof. Oh, jeez. It's real hot in here, hey? Didn't expect it to be so hot in here. Oh, talk, that's something. Hey, if you ain't watched it, Bill Burr's got a new special out. And it's flipping awesome. It was a nice little battery in the back. That's what it is. You just need some. Just need to see one of the greats. One of the greats do it, and um, it just inspires you. He, I agree with one of my friends. He's the. I think he's the the greatest uh, active comic at the moment. Yeah, Chappelle's my favourite. He's he's my goat. As as is Chris Rock up there, but as in the sense of the quality of the specials that are just coming out. He, he's the best. He is actually the best. He's so good. Anyway, let's get to Dear Deirdre. Um, oh, oh, this is close to home. Let's see. Dear Deirdre, I married Mr. Perfect. Then IVF woes drove me to sex with bad boy. Now. 
did she get pregnant? Because that is a muzzling. Dear Deirdre. Uh, well, it's a close to home, by the way. It's just the IVF bit. I don't think my wife has been driven to sex with a bad boy. Nor do I think she married Mr. Perfect. Either. <laughs> it's just the IVF bit. Let's see. Anyway, dear Deirdre, I've always been seen as a good girl. I studied hard, have a good job and married Mr. Perfect. Until I met a proper bad boy through work. And I had never put a foot wrong. He opened up a side of me that I didn't know existed. That is your anus. Your backside. Your anus. Uh, anyway, now I am torn between running a mile and throwing it all in for him. Jesus. I'm 30. Well, my husband's 34. He's so lovely kind and genuine uh but i have to admit there is no spontaneity we've been trying for a baby for three years and and despite two rounds of ivf haven't had any joy as yet he doesn't want to talk about it he was supportive to begin with but after our second ivf round fell he said we need to enjoy life for a while and stop focusing on becoming parents okay no i hear that um i have been trying to embrace other projects and took on a promotion at work uh, managing my company's big events i love the challenge of meeting all the new suppliers i love the new team i work with i've never been much of a drinker but over the past few months i have got stuck in and had some pretty wild nights uh my new married boss always buys us all dinner and drinks i've heard he's had a number of affairs but still couldn't resist him one night as we both got the lift uh, up to our hotel rooms he leaped he leaned over and whispered in my ear that he couldn't stop thinking about me i was so shocked at my response my whole body melted and by the time the lift stopped we were wrapped around each other since then we've had the most adventurous and passionate sex i've ever experienced now i can't stop thinking about having sex with him again he's 46 and in really good shape i know my husband doesn't deserve this but i really don't know if i can be if i can go back to boring marital sex ever again well you're still married so without going back to it um you're still in it love um you know oh but oh this is funny thing about like men's mental health and stuff right because he's gone through ivf as well not not just her he's probably having a hard time with it rather than there be some support for him He's just gonna smash your boss. Imagine if it's the other way round. You'd be seen as an absolute animal. Crazy. Two rounds of IVF, you're like, ah, he's boring. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. But yeah, speak to your man. Actually, listen to him. That'd be my advice. He might tell you something. He might say, hey, look. It's been getting me down. We might say, hey, look. I never jizzed in the pot. I got my mate to do it. Who knows? Who knows what revelation might come out if you just open up. Anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, jeez, my eyes are hurting. That's because I'm wearing my glasses. Oh, shit. Right, um... Still hurting. Boyfriend is still grieving his ex after eight years, so I've walked away. Now, I've always said that uh, I'll probably want to date a woman whose ex has died. Especially in a tragic way when they're young. It's just because uh, you're going to have to accept that they're going to be upset about that. 
and that's okay. But am I okay with it? Are you, you know what I mean? Imagine hugging your missus because she's crying over her ex. It's a bit weird, right? Even if he's dead. So, I understand the strain this must have put on the relationship. But let's carry on reading. God, my eyeballs are hurting. Uh, dear Deirdre, have I done the right thing after walking away from the love of my life? Oh, didn't know to love your life. We were together for eight years and I loved him with all my heart, but he wouldn't allow himself to get close to me. I'm 32 and he's 31. Oh, yeah, if it's that long, fuck it. Um, Two years before I met him, he was involved in an awful car crash. He was driving and his then-girlfriend was killed. It wasn't his fault, but he never forgave himself. He couldn't commit, so one day he would be all over me, but the next I'd wake up to a completely different person. He'd withdraw and go quiet. He once admitted he was scared of loving someone again because of the loss he experienced. He needs therapy. That's the simple answer to this issue. Therapy. Therapy professional help therapy seek therapy um he could never tell me he loved me after what how long you've been together for eight years he ain't said he loved you even the most hardback bushman tells his woman he loves them after eight years at least jeez um he can tell me he loved me i'm right to stay am i right to stay away or should i have kept on trying with him no you you've done the right thing well done you well done you, you've actually made the right decision and then you've messaged it just to get it confirmed because there's a lot of idiots who, you know what I mean, just do dumb shit. Let me find Tyrone's um, post, shout out Tyrone, um, Brummy Tyrone, I'll call him, because um, what he posted today had me crazy. Um about people's uh, problems. This is what he said. Um, he said, I swear a lot of people asking for relationship advice be like, hi, my man has no job, lives with me rent-free, doesn't cook, his balls stink, his mum does obia, he cheated on me twice with my sister and he, does, and he doesn't like Beyonce. Anyway, the other day we got into a fight and he called me a bitch. What should I do? <laughs> It's true. Whereas you and this one, you've just gone, hey, this is too long. I've given it a go. I've tried to give this guy my love. I mean, I guess you're a bit of an idiot for not leaving sooner. But you're stuck in there. You're stuck in there. So, yeah. Um, Right, one last one. Uh, One last one. One last one. Oh, no, I've gone back too far. Oh, no. Um... Oh, which one should I do? Um, geez, oh, this one's mad. All right, let's go with this one. It's not sexual. Now I'm lost. Dying dad told me mum isn't my real parent and I don't know who to believe. What on earth? What do you mean that's not my real mum? Something different about that. I don't know why. Like, if it's not your real dad, it's like, okay. Alright, well, who's my real dad then? Let me go meet this prick. But not your real mum? What? Nah, that's something I should have known forever. Let's see. Dear, dear, do I think the woman who brought me up may not be my mum? 
but she's refusing to answer any of my questions. Then the answer is she's not your mum. Because if I ask my mum whether she's my mum, she'd go, I'm not talking about this. She'd be like, what are you talking about? Yes, I'm your mum. Flipping idiot. <laughs> so yeah, this woman's not your mum, mate. Straight off the bat. My dad died recently of dementia, but just before he passed away, he told me that she wasn't my mum. He seemed the most lucid he'd been in months. I'm a man, I'm 49, my dad is 81, my mum is 78. I've always felt there was something weird about the way my dad behaved around me, as if he resented me. What? Oh, is he, is he not your dad either? Ah, oh, I know who you are. If you have an older sister, she might be your mum. Or if you have um, the core auntie that's really close to you. I feel like if this woman isn't your mum. Your mum is very close by. Like you know your mum. That's that's who your mum is. It's just some random. This Yeah. That's what I feel like. So Yeah, because stereotypers don't think uh, mums leave their kids. Yeah, anyone I know your mum isn't with them, it's like their mum's got actual issues. Like, got mental health problems, or... You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. Um, whereas, like, people who don't know their dads, it's just like, yeah, he bounced. Is what it is. Well, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, we'll find something weird about Amada. So, so his explanation would make sense. But when I asked my mum, she dismissed his comment, calling him an old fool and wouldn't give me any further explanation. Um, but I mean, your dad did have dementia, though. But if your dad had dementia, why did your mum call him an old fool? Why don't you just say, yeah, it's dementia? You know what I mean? Like, the lie is written there for you. Take it. Take the damn lie. Um, right, one more, one more, one more. Power through, Darren. What? Um, uh, let's go with this one. Dear Deirdre, my mistress dumped me because I didn't go to her mum's funeral. She's your mistress, she needs to know her position. That's all she needs to do. You must have done something too... Too friendly in the arrangement that she's like... My boyfriend and girlfriend. Why she thinks she can invite you to a funeral. <laughs> anyway, dear, dear, my mistress dumped me because I couldn't go to her mother's funeral. I wanted to be there, but it was logistically impossible. And she said that it was that was a deal breaker. She... Now I feel angry, confused and depressed. So now you're stuck with just your wife. <laughs> I love this woman. I was about to leave my wife, her, my lover. And I met four years ago at work, at work event. I'm 44. She's 39. Uh, my wife is 42. And we've been married for 18 years and have two teenage children. Our marriage hasn't been good for many years. So I met my mistress who was full of life and passion. And my head was turned. She gave me the intimacy I was missing and the romance I hadn't experienced since children were born. Okay. Um, 
more than that i could talk to her she was interested in me in my life my dreams geez she sounds lovely uh, but she knew the deal from the start she knew i wasn't prepared to stop being a good dad and that meant my children sometimes had to come first and i couldn't always see her when she wanted me there a few months ago we agreed it was time to tell my wife the truth golly now you split up do you think she's still going to tell your wife the truth so you don't get any upside you just get sacked from your job and sacked from <laughs> it's gonna to go too far anyway um right where am i where am i where am i where am i that meant my children sometimes had to come first and i couldn't always see her when she wanted me there a few months ago we agreed it was time to tell my wife the truth um i had started talking to lawyers to begin the divorce process we had even talked about marriage uh but once my divorce was completed jeez um but then my lover's mum died suddenly and the woman fell apart the funeral almost 200 miles away clashed with my son's exams and i couldn't go when she got home she said it was over and i feel heartbroken yeah look your mistress is hurt um oh so you ain't finished but throwing away our relationship will make her more unhappy part of me wants to beg her to take me back and the other part of me thinks maybe i should stay with my wife and kids after all Listen, I, just, like I, said, I feel like she's going to blow up your spot anyway. So you're going to have to manage it, my friends. You have to stay cheating on your wife to spare your wife's feelings. <laughs> That's what you have to do. Because this woman's coming to blow up your whole family with some revelations. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. Flipping melting again. Um, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. Um, oh, sorry. This week... This week, what's happening this week? Uh, uh, well, it's it's my daughter's first birthday this week. Um, so I've got a birthday party to get ready for. Then I'm uh, in Blackhorse Road area on Thursday. Then I'm down in Shoreham on sea to a gig down there as well on Friday. Then that's it. Oh shit! And then I'll probably record on. Well, well what day I'm going to record the pod? Because Saturday's a birthday party, and then Sunday I'm going to be at Bloody Latitude Festival. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what day I record. Anyway, people, wish me luck with my writing project. I really want it to um, play out well. And that's that's it. That's it in the pod. Thanks for listening. And. Uh, Usual, I didn't do a disclaimer last week, did I? That if you agree with anything I said, it's just an opinion. If you disagree with anything I said, it's just a joke. It's been Gris Brain Dump. Peace. <laughs>